welcome to The Cake Show. My name is Kaylee, and today we're going to have a special guest on this show. I would like to introduce you to my sister, Liana. Thank you again, Liana, for coming in here and answering a few questions. One of the questions is, what made you be inspired to become a lawyer? Because I know you're attending Washington State University right now and majoring in political science. All right. Um, so yeah, I am a junior at Washington State University, and my major is political science with a focus in pre-law. And what really inspired me to follow that field was actually, <laughs> so my mom all my life was like, you know what you would be good at? You would be great lawyer. And I always objected that because I thought that was a really difficult job and there was no way I could handle the pressure of it and but um i think it was in 2016 i believe um the new movie rbg came out and it was talking about um ruth bader ginsburg's life Mm -hmm. and like her career from uh being an attorney and then being part of aclu and all that and just being like a woman that was super strong and made an impact in the legal world and eventually went into become a Supreme Court justice. So that was kind of like my inspiration. And then after that movie, we were at the movie theater and my boyfriend was like, I don't know why you've never thought about becoming a lawyer. Like, I think you'll be really good at it. And everything they do seems to be like something you would be really good at and like, like to do. You're very passionate about people and making a difference. So I think that's a really good path if you do decide that. I think you were a great lawyer, actually. Mom hoped I would be a lawyer, but if teaching doesn't work out, then becoming a paralegal is my plan B. Or perhaps I could do both. Here is the second question to you, Liana. What is something people misunderstand about you? Something that people misunderstand about me? Um... I feel like that can go a lot of ways for, that can have a lot of answers and also be pretty short for me. Cause I think I present myself uh, to people in a way where I'm pretty transparent about who I am. Mm. But like at the same time, I think I'm really good at hiding my emotions. So like people will be like, she's really strong. She has everything together and like she's super, you know, like organized and like together, but like sometimes I'm not, you know, and I think it can be kind of, it puts a lot of pressure on me that uh, like people think I'm super strong and, and like, I guess it's hard to like, it's hard to come to terms with the idea of that sometimes I'm not as strong as they think I am. Well, it's not even being strong because you're like, you have an emotional crisis or something or like you're super stressed and there's something going on. Like, I don't think that's a lack of strength. I think it's just that like people assume that because of who I am and what I've done and like they think I'm just always put together because I bring out an image where I look like I'm put together and like, you know. I know you think people always see you as a strong person, but to be honest, I don't think that's the case. You are a strong person, no doubt, but perhaps you're the one who's misunderstanding yourself. But what do people think about you? 
you're a great person. Here is the third question I have for you, Leanna. Who are the three top people who influence you in your life? Um, I would definitely say, okay, well, RBG, like I said, she was definitely my inspiration for picking a career. It sounds very, um, it sounds like a big dream and like a, it seems like a pipe dream, I think, right now because I'm still going through undergrad, but I'm a junior, so like, you know, law school is becoming more and more (laughs) on my mind. So she's definitely been an inspiration to me. Um, Another person would definitely be... Uh, I would say my mom, Mm. I think she's very strong and like, even though she has a lot of her own opinions, um, she's not afraid to say them and like, she has, she's not afraid to have high expectations, you know? And I think that's something I admire. And like, as I've been like living on my own stuff, I've realized, you know, a lot of those values I also hold and Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, she's another person. And then I would definitely say my grandpa, um, Papa, he's, you know, he's super old and he has his, uh, political views that I don't align with. I don't agree with, but, um, you know, I think he's gone through a lot. He's very wise for his age and like having a very low education level, he has done very well for himself. And so I think, yeah. Those are the people that are very influential to me. So RBG, mom, and papa. Yeah. I have one more question for Liana, and that is, what was your adoption like? The process before and after. I know this is a personal question, but this is something that we can both relate and perhaps give a better perspective or insight to our listeners right now. So your question for me was about um, my process of being adopted and going into a new culture as an older person. Um, I was an older kid when I was adopted um, compared to my siblings. And I think that was, um, that wasn't necessarily the hard part, I think, since my brother was just one year younger than me when he was adopted. So, and also we were all around the same age, so I don't think that had much impact. I would say though, the process of um, getting adopted was really challenging at times. Um, I remember where, um, so I lived in China for eight years um, and I lived with a foster family. And in that foster family, we would have kids going in and out of that home because they would either get adopted or they would be relocated for whatever reason. Um, And the government would pay the foster parents for guarding us and like being our guardians. And so they were like in charge of our health and like everything, our schooling, our food, our basic necessities. But this family was not uh, exceptionally rich. So 
I definitely came from a background where um, money was scarce and I remember like going hungry and um, not really having a childhood that most kids would have. I don't want to say it was a normal childhood because I don't think normal is like, there is no really normal, but um, so a little bit about my adoption. Uh, like I said, it's a little challenging because um, I remember like the orphanage officials or directors would come to our house and they would dress me up. My parents would dress me up in like the best clothes they had and they would take photos of me. They were always kind of awkward because I was malnourished. I was super self-conscious. Um, I was well aware of my disposition as an orphan compared to the kids I went to school with. And so anyways, the uh, officials would come and like they would take photos of me and that would go out into a database where um, international adoption uh, could where um, like US citizens could adopt us or so it was international adoption and I was adopted through WACAP and so the process of that my parents said for the paperwork work took at least one year and um, that was just the paperwork and then that was also getting the trip ready and having all of the expenses paid for the plane ticket finding hotels and how long we're staying and stuff and so from my perspective I was an eight-year-old who was actually at the time I was seven I was posed with the question when I they took me to the orphanage. So I used to live in a foster home, like I said, but um, prior to that year, they knew I was getting ready to be adopted. So they were like trying to get me healthy, uh, nourished and looking somewhat like a normal kid. Um, so I went to the orphanage when I was seven and that year it was all about prepping for me to leave for the US. And I distinctively remember whenever they came up to me and asked, they brought like a little photo album that my family had sent and they were flipping through it and they were kind of talking to me about my options and like I knew as an older adult, I mean not older adult, older, older kid, like I had less of a chance of getting adopted. So this was kind of my opportunity at like having a new life. So they asked me, they were like, well, there's this family in America that is very interested in adopting you would you like to accept that offer and would you like to go live in america their family is huge um they have uh seven kids and so you will be the eighth kid and they have four biological children and they have three kids that are adopted from china as well about different times and so in my head this is all kind of going by fast. I'm just kind of picturing like all the possibilities I would have. But also in the back of my mind, I was kind of thinking about like what my dad, like my foster dad used to say about Americans and how like they're not trustworthy. So going into that, I was a little bit hesitant, but not hesitant enough to say no, because I knew that was my only chance to have a new life. Um, so I said yes. 
and the rest of the time in the orphanage was getting me um, ready and they did a lot of health exams because I had a lot of issues as a young kid and I missed a lot of school because of my condition um, called lymphangioma. And so it's not well studied and currently they are still looking for treatments for that. But at least mine is resolved for the most part. Um, they have taken out the lymph node that was um, like, uh, have like messing up my immune system and like making me super sick and like missing school and all sorts of st stuff that normal children would be able to experience. Aside from that, um, so I was getting ready to get adopted. Um, and the process of that, leaving my foster family and transitioning to the orphanage was kind of hard because I grew up with that family, even though they were sometimes very difficult and like were strict um, and didn't have the best um, role models, I would say, that a kid could have. But um, I definitely learned a lot from them and, you know, it was kind of sad. So, but knowing that I had a new opportunity ahead of me, I was really excited and just kind of went for it. And so I remember whenever I finally met my dad, my sister, my aunt in the adoption agency room um, in China, they have flown in from um, Guangzhou, I believe. And so they got settled in their hotels, came to the adoption agency office, and that's where they did the paperwork, took some photos. I was bawling my eyes out. Um, and after that, we went to go visit the police station where they found me, um, supposedly where they found me. Um, and then we went to the hotel and I think for a long time, I didn't really register that um, my decision was such a huge decision. Like I knew it was gonna be a great opportunity, but like the impact of that. And like, I still think about my foster family daily. Um, and I hope I get to go back one day. But um, yeah, I think being adopted is sometimes um, hard to talk about with people that don't really understand it. And I think when we were growing up, it was kind of hard to navigate that because we had questions. We would be like, and we grew up in a community where there was not a lot of racial diversity. So it was kind of weird. Like when we did see an Asian, it was kind of like, like I didn't even see myself as an Asian. Like I, obviously I looked apart, but um, it was always weird whenever I did see one, I'd be like, who are you? Or why are you here? Or, um, so it's kind of like I was prejudiced against them. And, but I had really um, exceptional parents and they were really supportive of all of us. But um, yeah, they had, they could not answer some of the questions that we had for them. And I think sometimes it was hard for them to explain to us, um, like, 
yeah, you can't find your birth parents, but it doesn't really matter who your birth parents are. But like, to some of us, it really does matter. I mean, for me, I, I don't know what I would say about that because I don't think I'm that curious enough to find out because there was probably a reason for them not being able to take care of me. So that's something I have to accept. And um, yeah, so like some people wonder that all their life and they try and look for their birth parents. For me, my goal is just to go on with life and bring a part of that, like my new opportunity I got from coming to America and doing something good with that and just leaving that in the past. You know, they didn't want me for whatever reason. Maybe they did want me, but they couldn't have me, you know. So I think just moving on from that and being able to um, just kind of accept that. So, yeah. And the process after my adoption was that I came home I um, had a caseworker come, like a social worker, come the year after just to kind of see how everything's going. And they asked me some questions about whether I like the family. And, you know, at that point, I was like, yeah, this is a life I never dreamed I would have. And having that many siblings and all that was really exciting. And but it was funny that, like, they were all Chinese, but they didn't speak Chinese. So the language barrier was kind of difficult, but learning a new language, I didn't have too much issues with that since I had so many siblings. They would used to uh, take turns teaching me how to read since we all had to like have a timed amount, uh, have amount of time for reading. And so, yeah, like I learned English pretty quickly and um, I, did really well in school. I mean, I went through first grade again just because I missed a lot of school in China. And also I was learning a new language, but then um, I sped back up to where I was supposed to be in school. And in fifth grade, I enrolled in public school. And that's where I think I really saw a few more people that looked like me. They were still obviously really different from me. And I think having gone through that and just accepting that, yeah, like our community is not super diverse, but it doesn't really matter. Um, they're super accepting. And then going to college, you know, seeing new people, seeing different people from um, China, from Vietnam, from uh, all over the place. I think that was really exciting. So now I'm a junior. I think college has been a really eye-opening experience in terms of meeting new people and like people that look similar to me or may have similar experiences or um, kind of went through what I did. So I think that's like really exciting to experience. And um, so, yeah, I think that's my adoption story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. When I first asked you to be on my podcast, you wanted to talk about adoptions. I shot that down right away, of course, but then I kind of changed my mind. Obviously, you just shared your story, but we both know that I'm not going to share mine. Maybe I'll tell you about my story someday, Liana.
Thank you for taking your time out of your day to be on this podcast and answering all my questions. I really appreciate that. And I really hope that everyone who's listening to this podcast enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed the cake show. Thank you.